Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, March 18th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will take a look at the NCAA tournament bracket, which is now set. We had selection Sunday, yesterday on St. Patrick's Day, so... uh. I mean, I'm not going to go too in-depth into the NCAA tournament because I'll be completely honest with you. I have not paid much attention to college basketball this year. I mean, obviously, I'm in the know on Zion Williamson. In fact, if you've listened to this show the last couple of years, then you knew who Zion Williamson was well before he went to Duke and turned Duke into what is now the favorite in this year's NCAA tournament. I'll get to the odds on Duke in a minute, and I'll take a look at the bracket, but Zion Williamson really is the big story in college basketball. But if you listen to this show, you knew Zion Williamson well before he even went to Duke. So that's really the only part of the college basketball season that I've followed. Other than that, you know, don't come to me for expertise on the NCAA tournament. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes those are the people, the people that don't know, the people that weren't paying attention, Sometimes those are the people that have the best chance to win their little bracket challenge. And uh, I'm in a bracket challenge myself, which I'll get to and tell you how you can enter a bracket challenge of your own uh, before Thursday morning. So I'll take a look at the NCAA tournament as much as I possibly can. I also have some thoughts on what lies ahead for one Conor McGregor. Because I watched Conor McGregor all weekend long this weekend, this past weekend, in Boston. He's running around. He's dropping the puck at the Bruins game. He was in the St. Patrick's Day parade in Southie yesterday on Sunday until he was told to leave and take a hard left down L Street. I'll get to that. Uh, But just watching all of the Conor McGregor stuff and the McGregor love fest, I have some thoughts on what's next for him. Some very strong thoughts on what I honestly believe. What I, what I believe is next for Conor McGregor. I'll let you know what that is. And I'll get you caught up on the latest from NFL Free Agency. The Patriots, as I record this, have not really done anything nuts. I told you they don't have to do anything nuts. But uh, there were some moves over the weekend and the last couple of days. So I will try to get you caught up. On that, and I'll give you a couple names that maybe Patriots fans should keep an eye out for here moving forward this offseason. All of it today presented by betonline.ag, and it is the greatest time of year in basketball, March Madness, or as some would call it, March Money. Well, here at Podcast One Sportsnet, we're competing against each other once again, this time in the Sportsnet brackets, presented by our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And once you're all signed up, you can fill out your March Madness bracket online. Just make sure you get it done by this Wednesday night. Selection Sunday, as I told you, was this past Sunday, yesterday. And looking at betonline.ag, if you want to take a look at the futures bets and and not just do a bracket but also 
pick a team to win it all. Duke is the favorite at betonline.ag at plus 225. To nobody's surprise, right? You don't have to be paying attention to college basketball all year long to know how good Duke is and that they are going to be the favorite to win this thing. Will they win it? Well, could be an interesting bet for you, plus 225. Those are the odds at betonline.ag. So go place your bets today, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com to play for free with your first deposit. Today's show is also presented by Ivy League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the Ivy. And if you had one too many drinks this past weekend for St. Patrick's Day, then IV League Hydration has the perfect remedy for you. Throw the Gatorade bottles away. Why even bottle? Don't even, don't even pick up a bottle of Poland Springs. And don't pay all that money for a bottle of Pedialyte. Go to IV League Hydration. They will put you on the IV, and you are going to feel like a million bucks after they have a location in Southie, a new store in Southie. But here's the best part. They can come to you. And it's not just for hangovers. Ivy League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV Hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. So now you can do what the pros do. And you can, if you know, if it's not for your athletic performance and it really is just for your hangover, then this is really the perfect hangover remedy. I'm telling you, that's a guarantee you will feel like a million bucks afterwards. So check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com to see all of their different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and of course, perform better with IV League hydration welcome to the show and and i talked about saint patrick's day there and the perfect hangover remedy with ivy league hydration speaking of saint patrick's day i am glad it is over i'm so glad it's over because look i'm from southie born and raised ofs as you would call us originally from southie and i'm still there i never left and i don't know that i'll ever really be leaving but um this time of year, it's it's exciting and it's frustrating all in one. Like, I'm not saying I don't enjoy St. Patrick's Day like I do. I enjoy meeting up with friends and, um, you know, you do it once a year where everybody's wearing green and, you know, we're proud to be Irish. You know, yeah, you have a couple drinks, you have a good time. But there's a lot more now that comes with it in my neighborhood than than what used to come with it, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, and, and it gets worse and worse each and every year with regards to the circus that comes into town, into the neighborhood, and takes over and trashes the place and then jumps in an Uber and goes home Sunday night, Monday morning, and we don't see him again until next year. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really has become a circus and, you know, so it, it's good and bad. Like, I enjoy parts of it, and then there's other parts that I, I really don't like to the point where I am so glad it is over. 
Um, but one thing is evident. I feel like the last couple of years, the Saturday before parade day, parade day is on Sunday. The Saturday before parade day, the last couple of years has, has been, that's really been the circus more than parade day has. And I don't know the reason for it, but I do see more and more people getting dropped off in Ubers and Lyfts on Saturday morning, early Saturday afternoon and going hard all day Saturday. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I, I heard puking outside. That's right, heard, <laughs> not, not saw, heard puking uh, on my street and, and in other places around Southie on Saturday, more so than I, I saw it on Sunday. Um, but I'm glad that we, I'm glad St. Patrick's Day is over. All right. I'm glad St. Patrick's Day is over. And I mentioned Conor McGregor. And... McGregor was in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Southie on Sunday until he was told to leave. He was told to leave because he was basically causing a riot. I mean, and, and I didn't see this because I was watching it down. I was way down the point. I was way down East Broadway as far as you could get all the way down near P Street. Um, because that seems to be where the most tame crowd at the St. Patrick's Day Parade is. Uh, so we're down there. But I know people in high places who run the parade who made the decision to tell McGregor and his team they had to go. And they made him take a hard left on L Street as they're going up East Broadway because he was just, you know, they had the proper 12 whiskey stuff going on. And I guess he was just causing chaos. And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the guy's a nut. The guy runs around like a nut, and he gets people fired up. You can't deny that. And as, when you add St. Patrick's Day and Southie and the parade day to the mix, he is getting people fired up. So uh, he was getting people so fired up that they had to tell him to leave. Like, shit was getting out of control. So McGregor got kicked out of the parade, right? And... I know I told you that I am happy St. Patrick's Day weekend is over. I'm also happy the Conor McGregor Love Fest is over in this town. Man, it's a it's a little too much. It really is a little too much. Like, he goes to the Bruins game, he drops the puck, he's in the Bruins locker room before the game, you know, talking to the boys. All right, that's cool. You know, I like how he was excited that Marshan scored the goal. Marshan's doing the McGregor strut. You know, again, he's at the parade. I'm sure he did some other things over the weekend in town. People saw him being a nut, promoting proper 12 whiskey. Um, if you've listened to me, you know I do not participate in the Conor McGregor Love Fest because I am not really a fan of the guy. I think it's too much. I think, I think he's just too much, right? There's a lot of talking. When I reacted to Khabib making McGregor tap, and I actually put this... In the best of, we put this in the best of 2018 episode. We took a clip from that where I, I, I was so happy as to what I saw that night when Khabib made McGregor tap because McGregor talks so much shit that I find an entertainment factor and I find enjoyment in McGregor losing and and not just losing like being humbled and not just being humbled then having his team basically get jumped if you want to call it that don't tell me McGregor's team wasn't wasn't looking for it as well afterwards they were you know all they run all they do is run their mouth 
And finally, somebody stepped up to the plate and said, okay, put your, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Not only are we going to make your boy McGregor tap, but now we're going to come after you and see if you want to defend all those strong words that you had leading up to this fight. And no one really has been able to do that because no one really has been able to embarrass Conor McGregor. Like, you can't lose to McGregor. You can't get embarrassed by McGregor in a fight and then <laughs> try to make him pay afterwards. Like, it's... But Khabib embarrassed McGregor. And I found enjoyment in that. Because the, all the McGregor talking is just too much. It's like, man, it, it, you're a great fighter. You know, I get it. It's it's entertainment at the same time. Dana White probably loves it. You know, it, it's... Your promos is what we'll call them. You know, like a wrestling promo. Like, he does promos. And that really has been his moneymaker. Right? His promos. Um, but you still, he's still going to be a good fighter. And he is. He is. McGregor's a good fighter. I, I just... There have been so many times where I, I wanted him to... Just show us you're a good fighter. We get it. You can talk. You can run your mouth. You got all this stuff to say. But he just crosses the line all the time. To the point where I found enjoyment in Khabib not just beating McGregor, not just making McGregor tap out, but Khabib embarrassing Conor McGregor. Making him eat his words. And then afterwards, you know, you try to go after his McGregor's team. I told you, I had no problem with that. No problem with that. I told you when McGregor hopped, the, hopped out of the octagon, he did it here in Boston at the TD Garden and went into the stands and got in Aldo's face, right? And it set up that fight. Aldo wasn't there looking for a fight that night. Um, but McGregor was, and I know there was no, there was no physical altercation. It was just face-to-face and words were said. But, I mean, don't tell me that if Aldo actually was there for a fight and wanted something, that McGregor wouldn't have participated in that fight in the stands. Of course he would have. And McGregor's team would have been right over there causing chaos. So, I mean, when the Khabib stuff happened, I I loved it. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And and I told you, I thought McGregor and his team, they they had what what was coming to them. Right? At some point, somebody was going to answer the call. And then once they answered the call, that someone was going to say, oh, you, you crossed the line. This isn't over. Because they were able to. Because... They didn't get embarrassed by McGregor. They embarrassed McGregor. So I've always said the McGregor stuff is too much. I get it. I'm I'm Irish. McGregor's Irish. Like at some point, I really don't give a fuck about the comparisons or the similarities there. Like I, I just don't care. Um, and in fact, I I know some people at UFC who are are in a high position at UFC that when all that McGregor stuff went down with Khabib. I know some people at UFC that were maybe applauding that would be strong. But let's just say I know some people at UFC that were not necessarily disappointed or angry with what they saw that night with Khabib and McGregor. I I know that for a fact. And I know there's a lot, there's some fighters that, there's a lot of UFC fighters that were probably loving seeing McGregor tap out. Because it's just, you know, it's too much. There's too much talk in there. I get it. McGregor backs it up a lot. He's tough as nails. He's an absolute animal. But, um, 
there was just something about seeing him humbled and get embarrassed that I loved, that I found enjoyment in because of the way he runs his mouth. And it's just too much. So I don't ever participate in the McGregor love fest. But what I did try to do this weekend is I kept seeing him. Is something jumped out to me with Conor McGregor. Like something jumped out at me. And I'm like, oh, this, this, it's perfect. Because let me ask you this. Would McGregor be out at the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Southie promoting proper 12 whiskey? Would he be dropping the puck at a Bruins game? By the way, promoting proper 12 whiskey. Would he be? That's really all he's doing right now. He's on a promotional tour for his own personal business. Right? That's what he's doing right now. Would he be on this tour if he had lost his last fight? I don't think so. I don't think so. And you go back, you know, before that, all right, he he had he beat Diaz, but before that he lost to Diaz. It's like McGregor is in a weird position in his career. And even UFC's in a position with McGregor's career where they have to figure out something to do with him. And when I, when I say figure out something to do with him, I mean, not just put him in a fight. But you can't just put him in any fight. Like, you're, you're not giving him a rematch against Khabib. Because Khabib just, I mean, he manhandled McGregor. McGregor's not going to beat Khabib. So you're not going to put McGregor back in the octagon with Khabib. You know, you, you could talk about the suspensions as well all you want with what happened after that fight, but let's say they weren't suspended. Let's say this is when the suspensions are over. You're not putting McGregor back in that fight. I'm back in an octagon with Khabib. You're just not doing it. You put him in with Ferguson? I don't even know you do that. I think, if anything, you have Ferguson-Khabib next. Do you go with Diaz, McGregor-Diaz? I mean, I still think there's some risk there that you could lose to Diaz and then you lose to him a second time, and it's like, now what with McGregor? You know what I mean? Like, part of McGregor's dominant stick is that not only does he run his mouth and cross the line with his mouth and have these incredible, entertaining promos, you know, press conferences leading up to fights, but, you know, he wins afterwards. At least he used to. He's not really winning much anymore. You go back to the Mayweather. He lost to Mayweather. Not that anyone really thought he was going to win that. And actually, I was impressed with the way McGregor did handle himself in that in that fight, which obviously McGregor's not used to having long fights like that. And and I think you you saw him just exhausted, right? He he blew up and he, he was beat. Like he was exhausted in that in that fight, but I was I was actually impressed with the way McGregor handled himself, um, given the circumstances. But still, he didn't win. So, like, if you really want to look at all McGregor's last uh, one, two, three, four fights at any in any sport, he's only won one of them. So it's like you gotta you don't just if you're UFC, you don't just need to find a spot for McGregor. You gotta find a spot in which you think he can win. You got to get him back. You got to get him another W. Get him back in the win column. Then you can get into, I think, the Ferguson stuff or, um, you know, if you really wanted to entertain Khabib again at some point, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you will. But if you ever even wanted to consider that, McGregor needs a win. 
But like I'm watching this stuff this weekend, St. Patrick's Day weekend and the McGregor Love Fest and everybody loves him and he's running around, he's promoting proper 12 whiskey. Would he be promoting this stuff? Would McGregor be running around like this? Because this is, it's not like this is the first St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I mean, would he be running around on this promotional proper 12 whiskey tour if he beat Khabib? I don't think he would have. I don't think he'd be doing this. I think what we're seeing now with McGregor is a product of what maybe his fighting career has become, which is not very successful. A not very successful one. And I'm not talking about in general. Obviously, the guy's been a huge success. He's had a he's had maybe more success in UFC than you could say anybody. Um, you know, given the money that he's pulling in. I'm not saying in general, like his career. I'm talking about recently, the last couple of fights. He has not been successful. And if I'm telling you, if he has been, I don't I don't think he would be doing this Proper 12 whiskey promotion and running around the way he is. I think the reason he's doing this now is because this is a product of what his fight game has become. And when I see that, and I think of what's next for McGregor, something jumped out at me this weekend. Something jumped out at me this weekend. And it's not MMA, it's not boxing, it's professional wrestling. And people who don't respect professional wrestling, I don't like professional wrestling, and there's a lot of those people who are involved in the fight game that don't, you know, they say, oh, wrestling's fake, this, that, the other thing. They get frustrated when you even talk about the two, even though we're going to be looking at WrestleMania next month at MetLife Stadium and the two main events, the co-main events, two former MMA fighters, Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. And they're not fighting each other, obviously. But Brock Lesnar is in the men's main event. And Ronda Rousey is in, you could call it the women's main event. But I think they're probably going to close out the show with that. It's really the number one main event. The Ronda Rousey match. So... If you're a hardcore MMA guy and you don't respect professional wrestling, you might want to think twice about that, knowing that you got two people, big names from your sport, who are in the main event at WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know that. I see that. I'm watching what's happening this weekend. I understand what McGregor's career has become in the octagon, and I'm looking at him going, he is no longer a UFC fighter. He's not just promoting his whiskey brand. We've always known he was an entertainer, but I think he is moving into the direction of strictly entertainment. That's it. Which means Conor McGregor's future. And I I think we're close to this. His future is WWE. His future is professional wrestling. Maybe it's AEW, all elite wrestling. I don't know. If I'm Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan... Uh, whoever else is involved, the Young Bucks, how many executive vice presidents they got, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, how many, who else do they got the, running the show? How many guys calling those shots? If I'm one of those guys, put it this way, if I'm the Khan family, I am calling Conor McGregor's people, and I'm saying, we got a show in May, double or nothing, in Vegas. How do we get McGregor involved? How do we get McGregor involved? We'll promote Proper 12. Um, like, if I'm AEW, I'm, 
McGregor. Put it this way. My point is, Conor McGregor is a professional wrestler. That's what he is going to be. That is his future. I, I, I think we've... I think we are seeing that transition take place in front of our eyes as we see him parade around Boston. He was in Chicago too, right? Promoting this whiskey brand. Doing all this promotional stuff more than... We're talking about all this stuff more than his fighting. And there's a reason for that. Because at some point, like when you're a fighter and... You're no longer at the top of your game. Or there's a lot of guys that have put the target on your back. And and the target was on McGregor's back for a long time. And then guys are beating you. Like, like that doesn't... The success that McGregor was having, which was tremendous success, as I told you, that doesn't last forever. And it's only in your best interest as a fighter, I can imagine, is if you're realistic about when your time is up. Right? When is your time up? Like, you got to be realistic about that. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror. And and if you're someone like McGregor, you know, what's next? Right? What's next? And if you're honest about it, and you still want to be an entertainer, and you still can entertain like the best of them, which you obviously see, even though I don't participate in the McGregor love fest, there's a whole lot of people who do. Like, I'm in the minority on that. Like, people love this guy. So, if you want to continue to entertain, and you still want this physical, dominant presence about you, then your next move is professional wrestling. Conor McGregor is a professional wrestler. If he isn't already, he's going to be soon. That's what I think his future... Like, Conor McGregor's future, at some point, I want to say in the next three years, you are going... I will guarantee you, like, this is a... This is a guarantee. At some point in the next three years, I'm going to give it a three-year window here, because time does fly. Next thing you know, we're going to be at WrestleMania 38. What's this year's? 35? Next thing you know, it'll be WrestleMania 37, 38. Before you know it. But I guarantee you in the next three years, Conor McGregor will be preparing for a match at WrestleMania. There is no doubt about it. There is... I, I am guaranteeing this. I don't know if you could put odds on this in Vegas or what, but I'm guaranteeing it. And if you ask, well, who's he going to fight at WrestleMania? Like, who's his match going to be against? Who's, who's his opponent going to be? What's well, got to be a dream opponent, doesn't it? Brock Lesnar. I mean, you're talking about two UFC guys meeting at WrestleMania? Of course you got to do it. Or maybe they bring back The Rock. Or maybe it's John Cena. Or maybe they find a way to mend the fences. They find a way to, to convince CM Punk and say, hey, let bygones be bygones. Let's get you back, huh? CM Punk, Conor McGregor, two guys great on the mic like... Wouldn't that be something? Like, there's a match to be had for McGregor, and there's not just a match to be had with McGregor. There's a career to be had for McGregor in the WWE or just in professional wrestling. I mentioned AEW. Wouldn't Chris Jericho versus Conor McGregor be a great buildup? I mean, wouldn't that be something? That would be something. So, I mean, 
I'm looking at all this stuff this weekend, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is such a character. Can he win in the octagon anymore? Like, does he have a... Like, as we look at his his potential opponents in the future, and we think, well, who can he beat? Like, you got to get the guy a win. Like, can he step in the octagon and lose his next fight? Then it's like the McGregor mystique is is really, uh, really dying. You know what I mean? Like, you got to get a win. Is there anybody that you could guarantee he beats? I don't know. So if we're being honest about it, he's a great entertainer. He's great on the mic. His promo skills are fantastic. You see other UFC big names make the the switch to professional wrestling. You know, Dan Cormier is a huge professional wrestling fan. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cormier. Maybe it's McGregor Cormier. At WrestleMania. Cormier is a huge WWE fan. People have teased. I mean, guys have done it. Mayweather's fought at WrestleMania. Right? We see big names. We've seen NFL players at WrestleMania. We've seen NBA players involved. Look, it's not crazy to think that McGregor's next move would be to call Vince McMahon and say, let's go. Like, let's make this happen. You know, get me John Cena. Let's make this, let's, let's train at the Performance Center. You know, the only, the only thing I will say about if, like, if you're Vince McMahon or Triple H and the people that run WWE and McGregor is going to get involved in that, there is some about McGregor where I think they'd have to, they'd have to step back and go, well, how could, because they like having control. Like Vince, Vince McMahon controls it. You know, Triple H likes having control. Those guys, they like controlling their brand, their product. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, they should control it, right? Um, But you always hear stories about how much they control it. They would probably have to ask themselves, how can we control this guy? Because, you know, he's, he is kind of, McGregor is kind of a loose cannon, right? Like, how do you control him? Um... There would have to be some type of agreement there on how you can make that happen. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't know if you can control McGregor. But, you know, I guess maybe there's a price for everything, right? Uh, Obviously, if McGregor wants to go to WWE, he calls Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's not hanging the phone up. In fact, I'm surprised Vince McMahon hasn't already been pushing for this to happen. If WWE is not pushing for this to happen, then I don't know that they're really doing their job and paying attention to everything that's out there that could be possible for them when it comes to big names. I missed some names. Mike Tyson was at WrestleMania 14 at the Fleet Center here in Boston, now known as the TD Garden. I was there for that. Now, Tyson didn't necessarily have a match, but, you know, he was involved in the storyline, and then he knocked out Shawn Michaels, after Stone Cold Steve Austin won the WWE Championship. So, McGregor, they should get him involved. He's He is perfect for it. And I'm watching him this weekend. I'm seeing all this stuff, and I'm going, just go the, he's a WWE character. He's a professional wrestler. That is what's next for Conor McGregor. Professional wrestling is next. And if you're going to get your panties in a bunch, if you're a hardcore MMA fan or fight fan, and you're like, Danny, shut up. There's no way he'd do something like that. I just don't think you're paying attention to, <laughs> to the top names right now in the world of professional wrestling. 
of former superstars from the MMA world and the UFC world. So don't tell me it's that crazy. It's an entertainment industry. Conor McGregor is one of the better entertainers in the world. And my, you know, not necessarily my cup of tea, but there's no doubt I'm watching him at WrestleMania. There's no doubt I'm paying attention to his promos on Raw and SmackDown. Right? There's no, there's no doubt. I'll be paying attention to that. He'll have the world's attention. He always does. So um, I just, I'm watching him going, he, that's his future. WWE, professional wrestling. Will he, I don't know, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Maybe they get Dan Cormier involved? Maybe they can bring CM Punk back? That would be a buildup. CM Punk, Conor McGregor. That would be something, right? Uh, John Cena? Maybe The Rock comes back? I There's so many possibilities. There's so many matches you'd want to see. So many storylines you'd want to see. McGregor's perfect. He, the more I even talk about it now, like, can't you just picture it? It's perfect. And it's going to happen. It's, it's a guarantee. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You, there is a much brighter future for McGregor in professional wrestling than there is UFC. Okay? There is. And I, I, I had thought about that before. I had mentioned it before on this show. But as I watch him this weekend... Uh, you know, you just just a reminder of how nuts this guy is, but also a reminder of, wow, he cares a lot about this stuff. When's he fighting next, and who's he who's he gonna fight? Does he is he even is that even a a factor in his life anymore? Should it be a factor in his life, or does he strictly want to go and the entertainment route? And if he does, he can make a whole heck of a lot of money. And would probably be the best decision. Give Vince McMahon a call. Because there is a pretty big storyline to be had with Conor McGregor at next year's WrestleMania in Tampa Bay. At at Raymond James Stadium? Outdoors next year? Where's it the year after that? Do we know yet? We don't know. I'm telling you right now. I don't know. Maybe they have an international WrestleMania. Bring it, bring it over to, bring it to Ireland. And get McGregor the headline. Oh, come on. It would be fantastic. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it. And I'm not just telling you it's a guarantee because I'm hoping for it. I'm telling you it's a guarantee because I just think it's the obvious route a guy like this should go down. And he could be the top dog in WWE if he bought in. He could be. He could be the top dog. And it wouldn't even be close. I'd be more of a fan of McGregor in WWE than I than I than I would be in real life. Like, you know, I would. And I think a lot of people would too. I think it'd be fantastic. It should happen. I think it will happen. I guarantee it happens, actually. It's just, you know, you got this other company, AEW, maybe they want him. It would be a very smart move. They got a lot of money. McGregor's going to want a lot of money. You know, McGregor maybe now is a, could create a bidding war. He could tease his move to professional wrestling. All right. The Khan family, how much are you offering? Oh, the McMahon family, how much are you offering? You know, all of a sudden there's a bidding war for McGregor. And he doesn't have to tap out in the octagon anymore. To, to people like Khabib. 
or any other animal that might be in there putting the target on McGregor's back. So, hey, it, I'm just telling you, it's a guarantee McGregor goes to professional wrestling. And this weekend was just another reminder of that. And in fact, it really confirmed to me that that's where he belongs in professional wrestling. It's where he belongs. Right now at his stage of his career, with regards to the fight game, WWE, make, let's make it happen. Vincent Mann, let's make it happen. Let's do it. Um, speaking of wrestling, I did watch on Friday night on pay-per-view Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary, and I watched it because Matt Taven, my co-host on the Take a Bump podcast, which launched two weeks ago. We had two episodes so far, and we're recording episode three tomorrow on Tuesday, so keep an eye on that. By the way, make sure you follow Take a Bump on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, also on YouTube, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It's a wrestling podcast. Matt Taven was in the main event at Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary in Las Vegas on Friday night, and he got screwed. A 60-minute time limit ended, and the officials stopped the match between him and Jay Lethal for the world championship. And they said it's a draw, a 60-minute time limit draw. Matt Taven got screwed once again, but the latest news is that Matt Taven will get another shot at the Ring of Honor World Championship, and that will be at Madison Square Garden, a sold-out Madison Square Garden, on Saturday, April 6th. It'll be a triple threat ladder match. I have that correct, right? A triple threat ladder match between Matt Taven, Marty Skrull, formerly of the Bullet Club, currently of Villain Enterprises, and Jay Lethal. And the title will be hanging from the rafters at Madison Square Garden. And when you think of it, it's funny because in episode two, Matt and I talked about Madison Square Garden moments and like what's your favorite Madison Square Garden moment and how cool is it that you get to wrestle at a sold out Madison Square Garden knowing those historical moments in the past and you know we both referenced the ladder match at Wrestlemania 10 between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship and that was the first of two ladder matches that they had right and and but that's my memory and now Matt Taven gets to participate in a ladder match for a championship of his own at Madison Square Garden. And, and that's that's got to be one of the cooler things that anyone could ever do in, in the wrestling industry, right? It has to be, based just on the history of it. Just wrestling in that building at a pay-per-view event, and it's a big weekend. There's a lot of stuff going on in New York City. Obviously, you got the NXT TakeOver, you got WrestleMania on Sunday night, and you got the G1 Supercard with Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, that's on Saturday night, and Matt Taven will be in the main event. So subscribe to the podcast. We are going to be talking about that and reacting to everything that happened over the weekend in Las Vegas, that 60-minute time limit that screwed Taven over. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the upcoming triple threat ladder match for the Ring of Honor World Championship on April 6th at Madison Square Garden. So, again, subscribe to Take a Bump, the podcast, which, by the way, is not a drug reference for, for people who have been asking. Take a Bump is a very popular term in the wrestling world. You know, 
When you take a hit, you take a bump. Take a bump. The podcast. Subscribe. Episode 3 coming this week. But I had to mention that because I was talking about professional wrestling. But I'll move on from that. And I'll get to what's some other stuff we had this weekend. Oh, Selection Sunday was Sunday. Here are the number one seeds for the NCAA tournament. Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga. Those are the, four, the, the one seeds, the four one seeds. Duke's the number one overall seed. So Duke, Virginia, UNC, Gonzaga. Duke is a heavy favorite, as expected, to win it all. I told you, plus 225. Um, Zion Williamson, he's back from the injury. He's got a new pair of sneakers. You know, those sneakers ripped. He's sticking with Nike, though, right? Yeah. Um, people were questioning, should he return? And I thought Zion Williamson's answer to those people was awesome. Now, Zion Williamson has returned. He's going to be the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft. But he had the knee injury where the sneaker ripped, and you had a lot of the talking heads going, well, he should probably just sit out now because he's risking it. He's going to, you know, and if he gets hurt again, he's leaving a lot of money on the table. Look, Zion Williamson comes out and basically said, hey, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, if you think I'm not going to play moving forward for this Duke team that has a chance to win a national championship because you think I'm leaving money on the table if I get hurt or you think I'm going out here with the thought that I could get hurt again. Like, if you think I'm going to sit out when healthy, then you're out of your mind. And his answer was great. And... After you see something like that, how can you not like the kid, right? How can you not root for the kid? I don't usually root for Duke, but I will be, especially because of what he said, and especially seeing him come back, I will be rooting for Zion Williamson. I will be. Um, And they're a heavy favorite. They're a heavy favorite. I believe they say they're the heaviest, they're the biggest favorite to win it all since Kentucky in 2015? 2014, 2015? Is that what they said? Um. So, Duke, I mean, I, I, again, I haven't paid much attention to anything else in college basketball. I've paid attention to Zion Williamson. I've watched a couple of their games because of him. I'm just going to go with Duke at plus 225. That's what I'm going with. I'm not going to break down my bracket for you. You don't care about that. I'm going with Duke to win it all. Because here's how I bet. If you listen to me during the NFL season, you know, I bet to not regret. And if I took... Virginia to win it all and Duke won it all I would regret that bet like no tomorrow so I bet not to regret I'm taking Duke plus 225 and that is my NCAA tournament analysis heading in whatever happens on Thursday or over the weekend next Monday you know I'm not going to break it down on, on Thursday unless something crazy happens in the first four games you know they do the first four on Tuesday and Wednesday night Some people call it the first round. I don't. The first round is Thursday, early afternoon. That is the first round, okay? 64 teams. 64. Um, The first four, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I guess if something crazy happens in those games, I will be watching, but if something crazy happens, maybe I'll mention it on Thursday's podcast, but... um. For the most part, I'll have some analysis of the first and the second round on Monday's podcast of next week. But my analysis going in is just go with Duke at plus 225. They're a heavy favorite. And you will not regret that bet even if they lose, right? Bet to not regret. Take Duke at plus 
to 25. So moving on from that, the NFL offseason is in full swing. As you know, we've had some big free agent signings. We've had some major trades. I talked about last week how Odell Beckham Jr. got traded to Cleveland. I thought it was a nice return for the Giants. Antonio Brown got traded to the Raiders. Uh, Pittsburgh's return not as good as what the Giants got from Cleveland. Um, you know, we look ahead to the draft at the end of April. What are the any other major trades? There's probably some major, some big trades. I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Jets, but he didn't get the money. I think he thought he was going to get. Um, what else do we got? You can still get some big names on the free agent market with regards to the Patriots. You know, they've let guys go more than they've brought in. Trey Flowers, Trent Brown, two names that signed big contracts elsewhere, just to just to name a few. Uh, but a lot of the focus, once again, as it always is with the Patriots, is on the wide receiver unit. And especially where there's this question mark hanging over the future of Rob Gronkowski. Is he going to return? I think he is going to return. Um, but with or without Gronk, if you're the Patriots, you're still looking at this thing going, what could they, you know, what could they do to add a piece? And we do this every year. You know, oh, Tom Brady, like you gotta give him a give him a player, give him some more weapons. We do it every single year. And I have said in shows prior to this and podcasts prior to this that I would much rather have that conversation than the conversation of, oh, who should the Patriots go out and and acquire to be the future quarterback of the team. Like, I don't want to have that conversation. Like, if we're going to have the conversation of how do you win as much as you can right now with this group with Tom Brady, then I'd much rather have the let's get Brady some weapons. Let's get him some more weapons conversation. I'd much rather have that conversation. So, it's not a terrible conversation to have, but I still think that even if the Patriots don't go out and make some type of big-name acquisition at the wide receiver position. I don't think the Patriots' offense is doomed. I don't think they're doomed at all. But there are some names that are out there, and, and, and a couple of them, I think, that jump out to you, mainly because we know who they are. Like, the Patriots brought in some wide receivers late last week where it's like, do we even know any, any of these guys? No. Like, they did bring back Philip Dorsett. I would love to see Philip Dorsett play a major role in the offense. You know, the former first-round pick. Um, I would love to see him play a major role. And Tom Brady, at times, it looks like Dorsett is a guy that he trusts just as much as anybody else that we've seen him trust. But then, they, you know, they get away from him with Josh Gordon. And the Josh Gordon stuff, we still don't really know what the NFL is going to do with him. Um, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't think we know yet. Because he's been suspended so many times. You know, what's the official ruling with Josh Gordon going to be? Is he going to even be with the Patriots? You know, the Patriots did put that... You know, they they hung that draft pick over his head. So that if you, somebody did sign Josh Gordon, the Patriots would get a pretty good pick. I think it's a second rounder, right? In return. Which I think is probably going to prevent a team from, from bringing in Josh Gordon. Which means that... It looks like the Patriots are going to hold on to him. It, the, the biggest question is, is the NFL going to let him play? And if they're going to let him play, when are they going to let him play? Like, so there's question marks to the point where I think, you know, you, you should ask the question, what could the Patriots do from an offensive standpoint here in free agency or whether it's a trade? Who could they bring in? And a couple names out there 
as free agents. Jordy Nelson and Michael Crabtree are two names that I'm going to keep an eye out for. I told you Demarius Thomas, but I just think the Achilles stuff, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's just not healthy. Uh, He also, Demarius Thomas, just got in some trouble, didn't he? Something happened. Um... So, Crabtree on Nelson. Are those, like, is that that a name? Are are those names that the Patriots could bring in? Jordy Nelson is like, you know, what is he, 33? I just don't know. Crabtree could be a, Crabtree's what, 30? He's got a couple years younger than Nelson. So maybe that's how you're going to judge it. Take the younger guy. I'll take Crabtree. i take Crabtree. I'd give him a shot here with this Patriots team. You know, but it all comes down to what's the price? Like, what's he want? How much would you sign him for? How much do you have with the cap, with the salary cap? How much could you free up? Or is there a trade that you're going to make? All these names that people are going to talk about, I would take Crabtree. I would I would take a flyer in Crabtree. See, see what he could bring to this Patriots team. Maybe it's a move that we're not even thinking about. Maybe it's a play we're not even having a conversation about. Was anybody really having a conversation about Brandon Cooks a couple years ago when he went out and got him? I know I wasn't. (laughs) That was a big move. So, I mean, I don't rule out something like that either. Something similar to the Cooks thing. But we'll see. Um, There there was another move. What was it? I was just going to say, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic was all the rage at the beginning of last year's NFL season for Tampa Bay. And, And then obviously, you know, he reached a point where he was no longer turning water into wine. He was turning water into mud. And he he did not have that magic anymore. So Fitzpatrick has signed with Miami. The Dolphins. Dolphins just got rid of Tannehill. And um, so the Dolphins bring in Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, who has some history in the AFC East. That's an interesting move. But I think you'll see some more stuff maybe in mid to late April, right before the draft, because, you know, you're going to have teams in the top five, top six. We're going to be sitting there going, you know, what happens with Kyla Murray? Whoever Is Arizona going to take Kyla Murray one overall? And if, if they don't, you know, there's trades to be had for people who could trade up and get him. And then if Arizona does take Kyla Murray, like what do the Cardinals do with Josh Rosen? You know, there's moves to be had there. You got the Raiders with two first-round picks. Um, You got the Giants now with two pretty good first-round picks. So, I think it's going to get a little more interesting, the trade market, as we get closer to that draft in late April. But if anything does happen here in the near future, I will certainly react to it on this show. And in the near future, I will close out the show with this thought on the NBA and specifically with the Celtics. They enter Monday night's game tonight, Monday night, against the Denver Nuggets. Celtics have won two straight. They've won five of their last six heading into this game against the Nuggets. But Isaiah Thomas is in town. Old friend Isaiah Thomas is back in town. I believe he'll get his video tribute tonight. And I'm saying that you might listen to this on Tuesday. You might not listen to this until Tuesday and and the game might be over and maybe he doesn't get his video tribute. I think Isaiah Thomas is going to get some type of video tribute. Remember the whole controversy with the tribute 
last year because it was on Paul Pierce night. Isaiah was coming back with Paul Pierce, and Isaiah Thomas basically wanted it, called out for his own video tribute. I forget the exact details of that, but it was a lot of unnecessary drama about a video. And I did not side with Isaiah Thomas on that, on Paul Pierce night of all nights. Paul Pierce, come on, IT. It's Paul Pierce, all right? And I'm an Isaiah Thomas fan. But not, you're not going to get a video tribute on Paul Pierce night, all right? You shouldn't. But now Isaiah Thomas is coming back with another team, with Denver. He'll get his video tribute, I think, tonight. Now, I was trying to get Isaiah Thomas on this show. I, a couple years ago, gave him a nickname, which he tweeted about. Isaiah Thomas retweeted me and then tweeted it, tweeted back to me and said, I like that. I gave him the nickname, The Reason. He was the reason Al Horford signed with the Celtics, which Al Horford said yesterday to the media. He said, Isaiah Thomas is the reason I came here. You know, Isaiah Thomas recruited Al Horford during that All-Star weekend. I called Isaiah Thomas the reason. The reason. Not the truth. Not the answer. The reason. The reason Al Horford's a Celtic. Honestly, the reason Gordon Haywood chose the Celtics. I know you could say, well... You know, Gordon Hayward had a history with Brad, history with Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens coached him in college. Other teams were going to give Gordon Hayward a max contract. They were. The Celtics were a winning organization when Isaiah was here. And really because of Isaiah Thomas. And so for that reason, Gordon Hayward chose the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas, the reason the Celtics were relevant at a time where we didn't really think they'd be all that relevant with some of the changes going on. But Isaiah Thomas was the reason for that. I gave him that nickname. He retweeted He tweeted back to me. We were trying to get him on the show because he portrays himself as this underdog, the biggest underdog in the league, in the history of the league. And yet he won't come on my show. From I, Isaiah, from one underdog to another, what are you doing? Why can't we get you on? See, I... I begin to lose respect for people in professional sports, especially from a local perspective here in Boston and New England, where I try to get underdogs. You know, if you play the underdog card in this town, I lose respect for you when you refuse to come on the show with Somebody who is an actual underdog in his respective business and my business, like myself, okay? I consider myself to be an underdog. I don't have many people in this business on my side. I consider myself to be an underdog in the business, in the industry. So Isaiah Thomas claims that he's this big underdog. And it's not just Isaiah Thomas. I, I saw, you know, all Patriots offseason so far after they won a, a Super Bowl. Kyle Van Noy of the Patriots, you know, always pumping out this underdog thing on Twitter. He literally, Kyle Van Noy literally went on every show, podcast, you name it, he went on it. Right? People that crushed him, he went on their shows. I believed in the Patriots. I have told you I've been on, on that wall, you know, defending the Patriot way. But I'm an underdog. You want to call yourself this big underdog, but then you won't acknowledge a true underdog in the, in the media 
the part of your world that you attack because they didn't believe in you. Well, somebody who did believe in you, who's actually an underdog, like you say you're an underdog, you ignore that person. You're a hypocrite. You're contradicting your own underdog beliefs. And I, I said it about some of those Patriots plays. I'll say it about Isaiah Thomas. We can't get him on the show. We've tried. I've re- I have contacted his people. We've contacted he and he sees it. He won't come on. He's ignoring me. So from one underdog to another, I I think that's pretty fucked up. I do. I think it's pretty fucked up. But um, at at some point you just got to stop asking because you're just not going to do it. You know, but you start to lose respect. You know, the people who play this underdog card and then they actually ignore true underdogs. You lose respect for those people because they end up being hypocrites. That's what they, that's, that's ultimately what they are. Um, so Isaiah Thomas, he should have a nice moment at the TD Garden tonight. But uh, we enjoyed, I enjoyed his time here with the Celtics. I did want them to back up the Brinks truck. Obviously, in hindsight, it's a good, it's a good thing they didn't because Isaiah Thomas was not able to stay healthy. And uh, the Celtics were able to acquire Kyrie Irving. Now, we don't know how the Kyrie Irving thing is going to turn out. He could leave in free agency. He could sign a long-term extension. I, I don't think anybody really knows right now. I think a lot of people are leaning towards, you know, around the league. I think a lot of people are leaning towards Kyrie Irving is going to go somewhere else. Some people say in New York to the Knicks. I keep telling you I think Kyrie's going to L.A. to the Lakers. I'm, I just, that's the way I feel. But, um, you know, when, when, you know, before the Celtics acquired Kyrie and when the Celtics had Isaiah Thomas, I loved the Isaiah Thomas show. Loved it. Huge fan of his. But try to, we try to get him on. He won't come on. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. And on my website, dannypicard.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard. And don't forget to download and subscribe to my other podcast, Take a Bump. It's a wrestling podcast with Matt Taven, who will be headlining Madison Square Garden on April 6th at the G1 Supercard for the Ring of Honor World Championship and a triple threat ladder match. We will discuss all of that on this week's podcast on this week's Take a Bump podcast, and I will be back with the Danny Picard Show on Thursday. I'm out. See you.